This is DWZ Podcast with J-Rod here, Deleted WrestleZone's very own podcast of professional wrestling with AEW, NXT, New Japan Pro Wrestling, Impact Wrestling, the National Wrestling Alliance, various promotions, wrestlers, matches, and championships. I am your host, J-Rod here. So, welcome back, listeners. I'm very sorry for not doing this podcast for the past two weeks. Unfortunately, there's been some circumstances in my personal life. One of them regards my cat named uh, Max. Uh, I just recently got him about a month ago, back in um, September. Uh, right now, he's almost—he's six months old. He's almost going to be seven on on November 16th. Um, kind of happy right now, but uh, much of that time has been taking away. But I'm able to do it because I have some big, big uh, stuff to talk about. Um, let's talk about certain topics. Um, as you know, uh, Stardom has already begun uh, early this month with Tag League. Now, uh, there's been a lot of changes that took place uh, during Tag League. Apparently, Utami Ishida had been removed um, due to injury. Azumi had to go the same thing. Recently, Tam uh, is out on injury. Same thing with um, Natsupo. So there's been a lot of injuries. However, there's two teams that kind of got my attention mostly for Tag League to win. Uh, the first one, I like to consider them my number one pick. We're talking about Anakon, which is, of course, members from God's Eye, consistent of Saki Kashima and Sudi. Now, you may question me, why would I want them to win? Simple. Their story has always been great for me. If you guys don't remember, back in last year's Five Star Grand Prix in 2022, Saki Kashima threw out this amazing story about how she did not want to face um, Sudi because she was afraid that she's going to kill her. So she begged for stardom to switch her over, but apparently it's already too late. Even Sudi's like looking at her and made fun of her, you know. So basically, Kashima did not want to wrestle her whatsoever. She even got away with it in, in beating her in, in the five-star Grand Prix. But, however, they do this thing called the Revenge where they get another opportunity to rectify that loss. And, of course, Kashima did not want to wrestle her one way or the other. But, fortunately, she lost that one. So, but Kashima refused to challenge Sudi for the red belt. That's what happened. I thought it was hilarious. And then once again, Saki Kashima had a deal with Sudi during Tag League of last year. Of course, Sudi teamed up with Tomokainaba, calling themselves Karate Brave, while Kashima formed I Love Tokyo Sports with um, with Fukigen Death. But, uh, of course, you know, same story again. And then fast forward all the way to, of course, Oedo Tai and their feud with Queen's Quest. We all know what happened to Kashima. She was expelled because she was the last person to remain in the cage. Uh, it appears that everybody wanted to, to recruit her, but the person that protected her was Sudi, and of course she decided to be by her side. You know, Kashima may not be the same as her, but everybody loves her because she is very a supportive person. You know, she shows a lot of support to everybody in, in the entire unit. Especially with Mirai as well. Even Konami, who they know her from Tai. Konami was a bit miffed about her, but Sudi has always defended her. Always liked her. I thought it was so. I considered them as my number one pick. Now, who is my number one? My number two pick at this point. Well, that is Divine Kingdom, consistent of 
Micah and Megan Bain. Why is that? Well, they are a strong tag team. I mean, they both have like that whole imperial goddess type looking. And of course, I know Kashima, I mean, um, what's her name? Micah was feeling frustrated with things have gone. And now that, of course, her tag partner, Himika, is gone, it's like she's good to do what she wants to do. So they're right now currently my number two picks in Tag League. But right now, we're still not done yet. Uh, we still got a little more to go. Uh, haven't seen the last, the, the second, third, and fourth day of the Goddess Tag League matches. But we will get to those as soon as possible on my YouTube channel and review them. But right now, let's move on to the next. Now, if you guys remember, about a couple weeks ago, um, we did have Tuesday Night Wrestling. Where, of course, once again... The, the rivalry between AEW and WWE, but this time, once again, with NXT has reignited. Um, it was already been believed by many fans that NXT will have this one in the bag. Now, it's no surprising. However, Tony Khan went into a state on, on his social media about saying... That it's the first time that NXT had a million viewers, all because of Undertaker and John Cena. I mean, yes, it's true. We can admit that. But Tony Khan kind of made this as an opinion that that's the reason they got a million views. But Booker T kind of put up another good point. He could have just kept his mouth shut and, and try to understand what could have done differently. Many people would have assumed that AEW had the, um, the bag on this one because of Adam Copeland better known as Edgewell, that did not happen, you know, so that's one of the main reasons, but look, many promoters may pay attention what goes on in the other products and of their promotions, I mean, you look at TNA and WWE back in the day, TNA didn't have to worry about WWE because they had their own uniqueness, same thing what AW should be doing, have their own uniqueness, don't worry about what WWE does, don't pay attention to those guys, so that's what happened, but like I said, it was NXT that won, so that's what happened. Now, um, Bushy Road, if you guys know who they are, they are the parent company that owns both New Japan Pro Wrestling and Stardom. Apparently, they want to make an expansion of their product, with mostly with Stardom. Uh, they decided to do the Bushy Road Expo in Thailand. Uh, they named Natsupoi as the ambassador to Thailand. However, Natsupoi is currently on um, on the sideline due to an injury she obtained. I uh, don't know when she'll be back, but um, they did allow her to, if it's okay, if she can sing during the whole thing. And I said, yeah. But they also had some wrestlers that went and did the matches. Luckily for them, they have allies down there, and that is, of course, the only promotion in Thailand which is set up. I've seen many of their shows. They're pretty good, even though it has its own uniqueness as well. Um, Shivam, one of their top wrestlers, uh, took the d duty as referee for two matches from stardom. The only wrestlers that went to Thailand was none other than um, uh, Sudi, uh, Mwaka Tsukiyama, uh, who else? Yuna Mizumori, and Mina Shirakawa. So they all went to Thailand um, to explore. Uh, there was clips that you see with Waka and Sudi uh, going to some marketplace or the street. Um... Of course, Mina and Waka went to some one of those tiger sanctuaries to have fun with the tigers and ride an elephant. 
I don't know what Sudi and, and Yuna did. I know Yuna went to a kickboxing uh, um, Muay Thai kind of gym to train a little bit. You know, I thought it was pretty cool. But it's kind of interesting that now Thailand are getting into the whole wrestling scene. I always talked about this on my YouTube channel saying in the beginning, like saying that wrestling is, we talk about wrestlers, wrestling promotions that are not a big, wrestling is not a big in their countries, but it is growing. I mean, Thailand is one of those places that you can consider is not as big down there, but it is growing. So it's not going to grow fast or overnight, but it will grow at some point to be recognized. And that's one of the things. So, um, don't know when they'll go back, but of course, uh, I'm sure Thailand will always be welcome to see them, so we'll see. So, I'm kind of very excited for this. Now, uh, for those who know this or not, growing up as a wrestling fan, my favorite wrestler has always been Sting. I remember when Sting had that, the surfer persona. That's always been one of the things of my childhood that I loved so much as a kid. Um, and then, of course, The Crow, which was awesome. I enjoyed it when, of course, Sting was at war with against the NWA. NWA has a one-man army against them and all that. Then I've been a big fan of Sting my almost my entire life as a kid. I mean, Sting was a very unique wrestler, a very awesome wrestler that I get to enjoy. But sadly, Sting made the announcement that time is coming to an end. So he said that this is for sure that this is the end for him. And he already called a shot that this is going to take place on Revolution in 2024. Which, of course, Revolution 2021 was the first match he's ever been in. And he felt appropriate. Okay, I started wrestling with AEW on 2021 at Revolution. Why not fitting? Of course, they're telling the story where Sting has to, um, Sting is, has a, a surprise visitor, which is his longtime rival and someone that he learned from, the Nature Boy Ric Flair. But Christian Cage feels like, uh-uh, no, you're going to retire now. I'm going to put you down on the ground. I'm not going to wait until then. So, basically, it's going to be like that. But, of course, we're going to see Sting, Darby Allin, and Edge team up. Because recently it's just been told that they're going to team up uh, for this match. I can't wait to see it. But Sting's retirement is, uh, I feel like, it should have been done. Bischoff thought that maybe his time in London should have been his last. But no, I like to say I admire Sting because he called his shot. Saying, look, I want to end it on my terms. Nobody's terms. That's the problem. Now, some of you may say, but Sting has already made that. Look, let me let's be honest. Sting never got the the his last match or his last hoorah properly. He never got it with WCW when it was purchased by WWE. He never got it with TNA. He never even got it with WWE. So for all you guys saying like Sting should not retire, look, let him go out into the sunset on his own terms. If you guys don't like it, then get the fuck out of the wrestling bus and go watch baseball. That's what you guys need to do. Let him have last his hoorah. That's what's important. So, that being said, let's move on. Now, as you know, CM Punk, as you know, has been a free agent since he was terminated from AW. 
Real question does tell. Where does he go next? Well, that is the question that has been laying around. Some people say that he may be on his way back to WWE. However, Nick Khan made it perfectly clear he does not want that. There are still some WWE talents saying, nope, we don't want him back. Now, for all you WWE who listen to this uh, podcast, I'm sorry. You guys have to respect the locker room. If they don't want him back, that's their call. But their people will be uncomfortable. And, of course, there's been talk about Impact Wrestling being there. He showed up and he was at attendance of their at Bound for Glory recently because they were in Chicago. It's not the first time he was there during a Impact Wrestling Chicago show. But, yeah, the last time he was there was in April. But he was in attendance as a guest, but not as a wrestler. And then, of course, there's NWA. Just re- not too long ago, they uh, Billy Corgan, the owner of NWA, said that he would like to have Punk. Let him do what he wants, but even though he knows he can't pay him that much, let him have his own fun. But Booker T has his own opinion that he should be in Impact Wrestling. Uh, because I'll ta- uh, as you know, Impact Wrestling will now go back starting in 2024 as TNA Wrestling. I'll get to that. I'm saving that particular topic in the end. I feel that's what's going to happen. But there's some reasons why. Booker T believes that if CM Punk goes to TNA, it could in fact bring in a lot of fan base to pay attention to TNA. Now, Booker T is, I feel like Booker T is saying this because he wants maybe AEW gone. I think he's not an AEW fan, you know, that's what I think. But however, I think that's what it is. But the obvious question does tell, does Impact slash TNA can't afford him? That's the problem. We know that Brock Lesnar tried to go to TNA back then, but however, uh, TNA did not have the financial needs to pay him, you know, to afford him. And that makes perfect sense, but... We'll see what happens until then. We'll pay attention more closely about what CM Punk will do next. But right now, he's more concerned about his dog, Larry, who had an ACL injury. So, we'll find out soon enough. Now, for those who don't know, wrestlers in Japan like to do this thing called produce wrestling shows. Uh, amongst them now was none other than uh, our what was once our lovable loser, uh, Waka Tsukiyama, started this show called Mundum. Now, why did she start this? Let me explain this why. She said that she thought about this for quite some time, but due to the uh, situation with the pandemic, it kind of put it on hold for a while. But however, she's able to collaborate with um, Stardom to make it happen. The idea is for rest for uh, how to say foreigners who are coming to Japan. Where they go next? Like, where can we see wrestling shows? Uh, she had this show taking place in the same venue where uh, Yoshi Promotion does their shows. Um, what's it called? Uh, World Woman Pro Wrestling Diana, or just simply Diana. They did their shows there. They recruited. They had three matches. Uh, Waka teamed up with Hanan. Um, we had Aruka Misaki, Micah, Rina Mikura, Yuko Sakurai, Yuna Mizumori, and a few others. And of course, for English commentary, we had um, Momo Kogo. Uh, as you know, Momo is an, uh, another Japanese wrestler who can speak English other than her and Mina and Waka. You know, Waka and Mina are the only three Japanese Yoshi wrestlers that can speak English. 
So I thought it was pretty cool of them to have that. However, uh, they would like to do more of these shows. I mean, Waka, I have to say, it's pretty interesting that she can do this. I wouldn't be surprised if she decides to start her own promotion as well, uh, like in the years to come in her future. But we'll see what happens with that. Now, moving on. Nick Aldis. Now, if you guys may have heard or not, or you guys may have know already, Nick Aldis is now the general manager of WWE SmackDown. Now, there's been a lot of talk about people who don't know, especially the WWE fan base. Now, not to disrespect people, there are still people who don't even know. If you say, if WWE fan base can say, who the F is Nick Aldis, then it proves that you guys are not a, a wrestling fan or a pro wrestling fan in general. You're just paying attention to one promotion rather than pay attention to the others. Like myself, I'm open with every promotion I find. So that's the thing. Now, if you guys aren't familiar with Nick Aldis, he's a pro wrestler from the from the UK. He made his big name all over um, in TNA Wrestling at, for uh, many years. He was also the Impact Wrestling champion, world champion. He's been tag team champion over there. For He was part of the group known as the British Invasion, was one of the most fantastic tag teams ever. But, of course, Nick Aldis uh, became part of NWA for a short time. He was their top champion for a thousand days on all this. But he left NWA due to uh, disagreements with the top management, which uh, Billy Corgan, of course. And that's what happened. But if you guys don't know who he is, check him out. If you guys haven't seen his matches, check him out. You know what I mean. Uh, he did have a, a match with Cody for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship at the first All-In show in Chicago back in 2019. And, of course, Cody lost that belt to Nick Aldis again. Moving on with NWA. As you may have heard, NWA has a TV deal with CW Network. Now, we know that NWA are, are not their... They have, like, their own way of doing their own shows, but I don't know if it will be available. I'm sure we can see their shows on Fight TV if you guys have those. But it's great that um, that they have this. But I'm very happy that they're going to have a T-Network with the CW Network. They haven't announced when it's going to happen. But I think it's a good thing. Because, look, we have Impact. They have their own show with the Anthem. And then later, of course, uh, AW with TBS and TNT. And then, um, who else? WWE with Fox and the USA Network. You know, that sort of thing. MLW are trying to get a TV deal, but no luck recently. But yeah, I have to say NWA are picking up a good momentum to get a TV deal. Um, don't know when it's going to air, but I can't wait to see it when it when it comes. Now, if you guys are big fans of the Yoshi Wrestling, then there's a wrestler that I want to talk about. Uh, this girl, she has been part of this project called Evolution Girls or Evil Girls. Her name is Chi-Chi. Uh, very beautiful blonde Japanese girl. I really think of her she's beautiful she has this barbie girl personality but my god this girl can wrestle she was under the tutelage of suwama from all japan pro wrestling um many majority of all of chi chi's matches she has lost but she did have a time limit draw with uh kusina tanaka a second generation wrestler uh people said that that match might have been the sign that she will pick up her very first win now, 
her very first win is nothing compared to Waka. Waka's had a fantastic story that's always been will always be great. But Chi Chi, she is one of those wrestlers that many fans want to pay attention because she's a prospect. And her first mat win took place on the 18th of October for Decade of Queen, which is produced by Surumi Natsu. And she picked up the win when she won the Y-shirt match. If you guys are unfamiliarized with what that match is, it's a match that it happens in um, in pro wrestling wave where, of course, um, you have to, the girls take off, they have to take off the girls' white button shirt. It's kind of like a wet t-shirt contest, but it's not without the, you know, seeing their actual, you know, breasts being exposed. Uh, there were wrestlers like uh, Mina, Waka, uh, who else was in it? Saki was in it, a few others. But Chi-Chi picked up her win by taking out Waka Sukiyama. And of course, Suriminatsu actually congratulated her and said that this was her first official win. And this is a turning point for her. But right now, she has not picked up another good win ever since that. But it's only a matter of time until she does. I mean, right now, uh, Chi-Chi has been already been eyeing uh, Sari. Or as we know, Sari has uh, a liking to her. She even appeared in her second um, Sariism show. So there's a lot of things. I'm looking forward to what Chi-Chi can do. Um, but yes, so we'll find out more. Now, you may have remembered what happened in Destruction in Ryo Goku. We have a brand new member for Just Five Guys. Now, let me explain what happened in this story. As you know, Just Five Guys, uh, they were at war with the House of Torture. That son of a bitch, Evil, stole the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship, declaring that Sonata was unfit and he forfeited the belt. Bullshit! Bullshit! Bullshit. No. He's only saying that because he he only stole the belt because he wants to go to the Tokyo Dome. That's what happened. The only reason he stole the belt is because he did not win the G1 Climax. So he thought this was the only way. So he declared that he wants this belt. However, when Taichi had defended his KOPW title, but he was betrayed by... Uh, Kanemaru to turn against uh, just five guys and side with the House of Glory. However, it became back to just four guys. But during a Corkin Hall show, Sonata said this, this is the end of just five. And of course, probably Evil's like, good, that's good, bitch. It just proves you guys are strong. But starting tomorrow, it's just five. They thought they were joking. But the obvious question did tell. Who in the hell is the fifth member? There was a lot of names that were being thrown out. Amongst those names was Taiji Ishimori. There were people that were talking about that. They were saying it could be him. I don't know. I mean, it would be great, but I don't know if he was the guy they wanted. However, there was another name that was thrown out, thrown into the mix, and that is, of course, uh, Shelton Benjamin. Now, some of you may question, why Shelton Benjamin? If you guys remember, uh, Taichi, Taka Michinuku, and Doiki, they were once part of what was one of the most dangerous factions in all of New Japan Pro Wrestling. We're talking about Suzuki Goon. Shelton Benjamin was a member of Suzuki Goon during that time, during many years ago. His name was thrown in because he was recently released 
from WWE when that happened. So there's been talk about that, but um, fortunately, those two names did not pan out. Apparently, the name that was panned out was already been in the mix, and that is none other than Yuya Uemura, the former young lion who made his return back to Japan. If you guys remember clearly, he was part of the Feast or Fire match, and he lost. He got fired. So he became the fifth member. So that was pretty great. So he picked up a pretty good win when he applied like a uh, uh, underhook suplex on on House of Tortures. His presence changed the game for how, for just five guys against House of Torture. Of course, House of Torture are probably shitting in themselves, questioning how did this happen. But they think that Uemura made a big mistake. But he did not. He made a deal with Sonata. He told them that I will. My return, I want to face the people who I lost to. And, of course, amongst them is Sonata and Taichi. Of course, they have no problem with it. So, that will be interesting to see. Now, you may have heard what happened or saw what happened at the end of Bound for Glory. TNA is back, baby! I am so happy. I miss TNA. I've always been a fan of the TNA era. Now, I don't know why they changed the name to Impact, but I was so happy. The buzz has been happening. They made their comeback in 2024 at Hard to Kill. However, many people question one particular person. How does he feel uh, for this comeback? And that person was none other than, um, what's his name? Oh, yeah. Uh, Jeff Jarrett, as you know, Jeff Jarrett and his dad were the founders of TNA until, of course, Dixie Carter bought the shares uh, and all that. Jarrett said something that was very interesting. He said he had a vision of what TNA was meant to be. But he did question, what is TNA now for Scott Demore for his vision? And I think his vision is going to be something that should have been continued on before they changed the name. And I think that's really good right there. So there's been a lot of back and forth on that. But I'm so excited for TNA to come back. I'm sure everybody else is did. You know. But as I said before, CM Punk was mentioned as by Booker T thinking that he should go to TNA to elevate them. But the real question is, can TNA Impact Wrestling afford him? I don't know. I would say it would be interesting. But... We'll see what happens in the future for them, all right? So, I think that's pretty much it for our for this episode. So, I will see you guys in the next. So, for right now, I must bid all of you adieu. So, goodbye. Mwah! And have a nice day. <laughs>